Hey there, welcome back. I, I noticed there's very few listens the past couple days. I hope everybody is hanging out with your family. Uh, thanks for 311K, even though it's just law enforcement surveying my um, everything for several years now without a warrant. Yeah, 24-7. Grifter diapered on messages backfires as receipts are pulled up. Are you going to let the greedy heating companies and their crazy high prices decide if your family Eight is allowed to stay ago. warm this winter? Eight hours. Just ago. like I said years ago, we're going to turn Christmas around. Remember the department stores weren't re they refused to use the word Christmas. Christmas. Well, first off, Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays from the Midas Touch Network. I'm Ben Micellis. It was Donald Trump at his speech, I think, trying to further divide our country by using that line of attack that he and the MAGA Republicans do, saying, the Democrats have declared a war on Christmas. Remember, I'm the reason why you can say Merry Christmas again. Let me just show you. This is from Look, a more recent stupid. speech of Donald Trump saying that. Then I want to go back and show you some posts made by Donald Trump and made by President Joe Biden. And then I want to show you how their behavior has demonstrated conduct that, let's just say, is drastically different. First up, let me just play this other clip from Trump recently in the speech he gave. Play it. And let me begin by wishing you all a very Merry Christmas, remember? You couldn't say that. Seven years ago, they didn't want us to say it, but we now say it proudly, and people are saying it right back at us. So that's the line that he says. He goes, remember, seven years ago, you couldn't say Merry Christmas, and the Democrats wouldn't let you say Merry Christmas. And by the way, that's what the Fox Propaganda Network and all the right-wing news say over and over again. And why are they saying that? They're saying that because they find any way to try to divide us, to turn Americans against Americans with these culture war contrived issues that they create. But like, let's go back, shall we? Let's go back to Donald Trump's prior post, because there's posts for everything. And I could show you tons of these, but I'll just highlight three or four right now. Back on December 23rd, 2010, Donald Trump said, wishing everyone a very... Happy holiday season. Ooh, must be very woke there, Donald Trump, in 2010. Here mm -hmm. in 2012, Donald Trump uh, responds to someone and says, Thanks and happy holidays, November 27th, 2012. Here, Donald Trump from December 23rd, 2015. Merry Christmas and happy holidays, he writes. And here, as our editor-in-chief, Ron Filipkowski, says, I'm so glad that President Biden has brought back Merry Christmas in 2023 after all these woke people kept on using happy holidays. <laughs> Donald Trump from December 21st, 2012, responding to a few people saying, thanks, Jamie, happy holidays. Oh, we could compare that, though, to what were Democrats saying in 2014. You know, the time period where Donald Trump and all these MAGA Republicans were saying, oh, the Democrats would not let you say Merry Christmas. They were just saying Happy Holidays. It's President Joe Biden in 2014. Merry Christmas. And it's a retweet of At the Democrats, and it says, Wishing you a happy holiday filled with peace and joy. And it is a big uh, graphic that says, Merry Christmas from the Democratic Party. And as Patriot takes, said MAGA people, Thank you, Trump. We could finally say Merry Christmas again. Hmm. Joe Biden in 2014. 
Merry Christmas. But there is a broader point I want to make here. That, number one, everything that Donald Trump says is a complete and utter lie, a complete and utter fabrication, and he uses religion as a tool to try to divide us Americans and to divide the world, frankly. Just I'll show you a few of these clips right here. Remember when Donald Trump uh, was uh, was was running for office and he spoke at that Liberty University whose uh, head of Liberty University, Falwell, got into um, that sex scandal and um, was kind of forced out. And that's why him and Donald Trump are kind of shoulder to shoulder. And by the way, that's a pattern that we'll see over and over again, right? The That's Liberty University, but Moms of Liberty um, the, uh, the head was involved in these threesome trysts and one of the threesome people who was involved in the threesome with her said that her husband sexually assaulted her and that, and their husband's the head of the Republican national or the head of the uh, Florida Republican uh, national party there, head of the Florida party there. Anyway, it's a common theme we see there over and over again, but here, let me show you this. This is Donald Trump at Liberty university when he was running back in 2016 Rather than saying Second Corinthians, he said two Corinthians. Two two Corinthians walk into a bar. Here, play the clip. Christianity, and I can say that I don't have to be politically correct. Or we're going to protect it, you know. And I I asked Jerry and I asked some of the folks because I hear this is a major theme right here. But two Corinthians, right? Two Corinthians three seventeen. That's the whole ball game. Where the spirit of the Lord. Right? Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And here there is Liberty College, but Liberty University. But it is so true. And then here on this interview, Donald Trump is asked, okay, well, what's your favorite Bible verse? Play the clip. Hi, I'm David Hastings. At Hastings and Hastings, we are the discount accident lawyers. Let's talk about what to do after a collision. First, call the police. If you don't have the police, no way. You mentioned the Bible. You've been talking about how it's your favorite book, and you said, yeah. I think last night in Iowa, some people are surprised that you say that. I'm wondering what one or two of your most favorite Bible uh, verses are. Well, and why. I, I wouldn't want to get into it because to me that's very personal. You know, when I talk about the Bible, it's very personal. So I don't want to get into there's verses. No, I don't no want to verse, get into. There's no, no I, verse that means I, I a lot to you that you think about or cite. The, the Bible means a lot to me, but I don't want to get into specifics. Even to cite a verse that no, you like. No, I don't want to do that. I mean, Old Testament guy or New Testament guy? Uh, probably equal. I think it's just an incredible, the whole Bible is an incredible. I joke uh, very much so. They always hold up the art of the deal. I say my second favorite book of all time. But uh, <laughs> I just think the Bible is just something very special. All right, let's have some real talk here. 52% of men over 40 experience some form of ED between the ages oh, of 40 please. and 70. I'm 39 years old, but Give me a it's always break. to change that. The reason Trump, religion, no religion, how you conduct yourself, it did that. I mean, that. look, practice any religion or no religion. Or that's just so if ED is getting you to treat Herman the right treatment option, if prescribed by providing access to affordable equal i think it's just an incredible the whole bible is an incredible i joke uh, very much so they always hold up the art of the deal i say my second favorite book of all time but uh i just That's think the bible special. is just something very special all right let's have some real talk here 52 percent of men over 40 experience 52%? some form of ed 
between the ages of 40 and 70, More than half. 39 years old. But so, <laughs> and there's a reason for him. 39. Free restrictions apply. See website for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies based on product and subscription plan. But here's the thing for me in the United States of America. You're free to practice any religion or no religion. And there's a separation of church and state, and there's a reason why our founders did that. I mean, look, President Biden is actually, authentically, a deeply religious person, which, for him, his faith is important. He doesn't shove that in our faces. He's someone who goes to church every single week, quietly, doesn't use that to divide us, whereas Donald Trump does use that to divide people every day. And even though Donald Trump doesn't attend church, he acts like... Um, uh, he and the MAGA Republicans profess that they have morally superior values and then they want to use that to take away women's reproductive rights and all these heinous things. But look, it's not a matter of religion, no religion. In America, you should be free to practice religion. Don't practice religion. That's why there's a separation of church and state. But it's how you actually behave, how you conduct yourself, how you treat others that is important to me and should be important to you. And that's what I want to reflect upon on these holiday seasons. So how do these people behave? How does Donald Trump behave? Well, he was found liable for sexual abuse by a jury uh, in New York. Um, he's been indicted four times by separate grand juries. But let's just take a look at Donald Trump's deposition here in the case where he was found liable for sexual abuse, which in New York is the same thing basically as rape. Um, and defamation. Here, play this clip from his from his deposition, where Donald Trump says, uh, "Fortunately, or unfortunately, or fortunately, that when you are wealthy and powerful, you can sexually abuse women." On the tape, play the clip. And you say, and again, this has become very famous in this video. I just start kissing them. It's like a magnet. Just kiss. I don't even wait. And when you're a star, they let you do it. You can do anything. Grab them by the pussy. You could do anything. That's what you said, correct? Well, historically, that's true with stars. It's true with stars that, that they can grab women by the pussy? Well, that's what, that's, if you look over the last million years, I guess that's been largely true. Not always, but largely true. Fortunately. Unfortunately or fortunately. <laughs> and you consider yourself uh, to be a star? Yeah, of course. I think you can say that, yeah. Or how about uh, we show you this clip of Melania Trump where she says that uh, she hates Christmas. Play the clip. Mm -hmm. People are more, I'm complicit. I'm the same like him. I support him. I don't no. say enough. I don't do enough. No. It's, where, it's, where I am, I put the, I'm working like a ass my ass. I know. Christmas stuff that, you know, who gives a f about Christmas stuff and decoration, but I need to do it, right? Yeah, but go ahead, 100%. You have and no then, choice. And, okay, and then I do it, and I say that I'm working on Christmas, uh, planning for the Christmas, and they said, oh, what about the children that they were separated? Give me a break. The, uh, where, where they were saying anything when Obama did that? I know. Do, do, I cannot go. I I was trying to get the, the kid reunited with the mom. I, I didn't have a chance. It needs to go through the process and through the law. But here's my thing. You hear what you just said? But instead of that, if, if you just, your messaging, you you were so loved. You they were. would not do the story. We put it out. They would not 
do the story. I'm telling you. You would not believe it. No. They would not do the story because no, they are not. They would not do the story because they they are they are against us because they are liberal media. Yeah, if I go to Fox, they will do the story. I don't want to go to Fox. Let's compare that to a recent speech that President Biden gave at a memorial service for uh, the late uh, Justice Sandra Day O'Connor, where President Biden used the word hell and then said, I'm sorry, Father, um, and then changed it to uh, heck. Play this clip. And prove that a woman can not only do anything a man can do, but many times do it a heck of a lot better. Excuse my language, Father. So in President Biden, you have someone who is striving in everything he does to be uh, a role model and and a leader and to try to conduct himself at all times in the most professional manner. And on the other hand, you have these MAGA Republicans behaving that way uh, that they do. I'll, I'll leave you with this video that we did at Midas Judge Network back in 2020. Um, and I think it was one of the more powerful videos that we, uh, did here. Um, and it's called Trump's Deadly Sins. And it talks about how Donald Trump's basically committed each and every one of those sins. Here, play the clip. Most importantly, I broke my Bible. Of the president setting up this photo op for himself. Tear gas was used to remove peaceful protesters. So the president could stage a photo He's holding up a Bible. And moved in her like a <laughs> and she was married the, the bible means a lot to me but i don't want to get into specifics because you're a rich guy and if you don't support me you're going to be so goddamn poor you're not going to believe me. why do i have to you know repent why do i have to ask for forgiveness if you're not making mistakes a federal judge is ordering president trump to pay two million dollars to a series of nonprofit organizations the president misused his own charitable foundation trump university was fraudulent that settlement 25 million dollars is adultery no longer a big deal in indiana and in america i for one believe that the seventh commandment contained in the ten commandments is still a big deal Three women now pursuing legal action, one over a case of alleged harassment, and two others over alleged affairs. I don't like to have to ask for forgiveness, and I am good. I don't do a lot of things that are bad. His father was... Harassment and two others over alleged affairs. Ten Commandments is still a big deal. Three women now pursuing legal action, one over a case of alleged harassment, and two others over alleged affairs. I don't like to have to ask for forgiveness, and I am good. I don't do a lot of things that are bad. His father was with Lee Harvey Oswald prior to Oswald's being, you know, shot. Take a moment to digest that. The sitting president is insinuating yeah. a journalist is responsible for murder. A thousand cases a day. Show me the death chart. I could stand in the middle of Fifth Avenue and shoot somebody, and I wouldn't lose any voters, okay? Well, the death chart is much more important. They are dying. That's true. And you ha it is what it is. I wanted to always play it down. I still like playing it down. No religion, no anything. Hurt the Bible, hurt God. It's against God. Well, finally, I want to wish everybody a Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays um, from the Midas Touch Network uh, to, to, to you, to your families. Um, wherever you are uh, today, I want to let you know you're in our thoughts, you're in my thoughts.
proudly. Christian Dems. Democrats. Only eight hundred eighty seven subscribers. My thoughts and so let's see here. Check. You know, and I, I asked Jerry and I asked some of the folks because I hear this is a major theme right here, but 2 Corinthians, right? 2 Corinthians 3.17, that's the whole ballgame. Where the Spirit of the Lord, right? So Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Laughing at him, not with him. Diaper Don broke all the commandments. Trista for prayers. Liberty, and here there is Liberty College, but going on with. Uh... Diaperdon is terrified by stunning developments in GOP primaries. There's a lot of grass-fed beef sticks on the market, but the ones from Paleo Valley are epic. Why? Yes, grass-fed, but look. Donald Trump is terrified as the tide is turning in New Hampshire, and he may lose in the primaries in New Hampshire. I'm Ben Micellis from the Midas Touch Seven Network, and because it's a day that ends in the letter Y, Donald Trump is rage-posting about a new poll showing that Nikki Haley has the momentum in New Hampshire. Let's take a look at Donald Trump's post. Let's take, a, let's take a look at this poll. Let's speak more broadly about New Hampshire, where I've said before, and I'll say it again, I believe that Nikki Haley is likely going to beat Donald Trump in New Hampshire. That's what the data suggests, but we'll no see. Way. Here's what Donald Trump's <laughs> posting. He goes, fake New Hampshire poll was released on Birdbrain. Just another scam, exclamation point. Ratings challenged. Fox News will play it to the hilt. Sununu, now one of the least popular governors in U.S., real poll to follow. Donald Trump refers to Nikki Haley as bird brain, because again, Donald Trump is a third grade petulant child who should be nowhere near any position of leadership. As I've said before, just imagine if somebody who you worked with or CEO of your company or a boss or someone in a managerial position referred to somebody else at the company as bird brain over and over again, you'd probably say that person is rude, unfit to be in their position. So shouldn't that apply to yeah. the highest position in our land where we expect someone to be a role model to our country? Not so yeah. in today's MAGA Republican Party. Donald Trump goes on to attack Fox, attack Governor Sununu apparently for Donald Trump. If you don't show complete and utter obedience to him, then you are the least popular governor. He says the same thing about 
Iowa's governor who's supporting Ron DeSantis. Let's just take a look at this poll right now from American Research Group. It shows Trump at 33%. It shows Nikki Haley at 29%. Chris Christie at 13%. Ron DeSantis at uh, 6%. And Ramaswamy at 5%. And there's other data points as well from a YouGov poll taken around the same time as well. One thing to note as well, if the poll does not support Donald Trump, he calls it fake. It's everything's fake, fake this, fake that, fake that. Again, it's part of his malignant narcissist and utter disqualification from having anywhere near or shouldn't be anywhere near any proximity of power. Take a look at this YouGov CBS poll, though, by the way, taken from New Hampshire in terms of candidates described as likable. Nikki Haley, at, this is all from the Republican primary, by the way. Nikki Haley at 55%, DeSantis at 37%, Ramaswamy 36%, Trump at 36%, described as reasonable. Nikki Haley leads 51%, DeSantis 37%, Trump at 36%, described as prepared. Trump at 54%, Nikki Haley 53%, DeSantis at 44% right there. Look, New wow. Hampshire is very independent-minded. New Hampshire has a history of kind of bucking the trend and um, setting its own tone in these primaries. Um, they allow independents to vote in the Republican primary. For all of those reasons, I think ultimately, and I think Governor Sununu, Republican there, but not a MAGA Republican governor um, there, he supports and he's endorsed uh, Nikki Haley. I, I think that Nikki Haley... Um, it will be viewed as kind of a big surprise win, but uh, the data that I'm seeing is pointing that pointing to the fact that she has the momentum. One of the big questions, though, to see if she'll win or not is ultimately, what's Chris Christie going to do here? That's the big question. Uh, former Governor Christie of New Jersey is in the race, and, and, and one of the issues here, lots of people are saying Chris Christie should drop out, because if he drops out, that 13% can go to Nikki Haley and she could beat Donald Trump, but um, one of the top Christie aides is saying, quote, many Christie voters now see Nikki Haley, though, as just another enabler and excuser of Donald Trump and his worst actions. And if she's really only angling to be his VP here, it's not a good move for Chris Christie to drop out of the race and to support her if she's just another Trumper. Um, here's what Christie said in New Hampshire. Here's my problem. If I were to drop out and support Nikki Haley, I have no confidence, no confidence at all, in fact, that she'll make the case against Trump. And look, when it comes to the uh, economy and Trump's uh, problems, when it comes to or, or, or the problems that Trump put our country in, when it comes to the economy, Nikki Haley, I think,'s done a decent job calling him out, how Trump added $8 trillion or so to the debt. Like at the Republican debate, here's when Nikki Haley said, play this clip. I don't care about polls. What I care about the fact is that no one is telling the American people the truth. The truth is that Biden didn't do this to us. Our Republicans did this to us, too. When they passed that $2.2 trillion COVID stimulus bill, they left us with 90 million people on Medicaid, 42 million people on food stamps. No one has told you how to fix it. I'll tell you how to fix it. They need to stop the spending. They need to stop the borrowing. They need to eliminate the earmarks that the Republicans brought back in. And they need to make sure they understand these are taxpayer dollars. It's not their dollars. And while they're all saying this, you have Ron DeSantis, you've got Tim Scott, you've got Mike Pence. They all voted to raise the debt. And Donald Trump added $8 trillion 
to our debt. And our kids are never going to forgive us for this. And so at the end of the day, you look at the 2024 budget, Republicans asked for $7.4 billion in earmarks. Democrats asked for $2.8 billion. So you tell me who are the big spenders. I think it's time for an accountant in the White House. But uh, when it comes to Donald Trump's personality being found liable for sexual abuse, Donald Trump engaging in an insurrection, Nikki Haley has not gone on the offensive against Donald Trump the way Chris Christie has. And when Nikki Haley would be asked questions like, "Okay, do you think it undermines your party that like Trump's been found liable for rape? Like, what do you think about that? And then Nikki Haley is refuses to confront very basic questions like that. Like, watch what happens when she was on Face the Nation. Play this clip. I want to ask you, um, as a conservative woman, do you think it undermines your party if uh, the Republican frontrunner is someone who was just found liable, legally liable for sexually abusing a woman? I have always said that anyone that feels like they have been sexually assaulted in any way should come forward and have their voice heard. I also think anyone that's been accused should be able to defend themselves. I was not on the jury. I am not the judge. I think that um, both of them had their voices heard. There's been a verdict and there's yeah. been an appeal. And, President Trump was you know, that's offered for Trump the, to defend and that's Trump to decide that. He, he gave a deposition, but he didn't go in to defend himself. And it was a jury that came to this conclusion. Are you drawing into question the legal findings? No, I said there's a verdict and I think there's been an appeal and I think it stands where it stands. And I think the American people need to make a decision based on that. You know, and look, compare that to what Chris Christie said recently. This is from uh, last week when Chris Christie was on uh, with Jake Tapper. And, and, and this is Chris Christie also basically saying, like, look, Nikki Haley and, and, and some of these other Republicans, DeSantis, they should be ashamed of themselves. So what are you doing? Like, you're you're supporting Donald Trump's behavior of engaging in insurrection here. Play this clip. He's disgusting. <laughs> and what he's doing is dog whistling to Americans who feel absolutely under stress and strain from the economy and from the conflicts around the world. And he's dog whistling it to blame it on people from areas that don't look like us. And look, Jake, the other problem with this is the Republicans who are saying this is okay. Um, almost 100 members of Congress who have endorsed him. Nikki Haley, who this week said he is fit to be president. You're telling me that someone who says that uh, immigrants are poisoning the blood of this country, someone who, who, who says Vladimir Putin is a character witness, is fit to be president of the United States, was the right president at the right time, Nikki Haley should be ashamed of herself. And she's part of the problem because she's enabling him. She's enabling him by saying to people, it's okay. Let me be really clear. I'm in this race to let people know it's not okay. It's not okay for an American president to be saying these things. And she should be ashamed of herself. And then, of course, Donald Trump just shows you how unqualified he is. And, and just, again, what a petulant third grade, you know, just whiny, you know, no offense to third grade petulant children. It's like, what are you doing? What is this? Here's Donald Trump at his event. And he says this over and over again where he attacks Chris Christie and basically says, oh, you can't call him fat. You can't call him fat. Play this clip. 
And who opposed? Oh, he says, what about Chris? Please, sir, do not call him a fat pig. We cannot call him. He says, what about Christie? He's a fat pig. You can't, you can't call. No, look. Please do not call Chris Christie a fat pig. Okay? It's not appropriate. Because you're not allowed to use the word fat. Use the word pig, but you can't use the word. No, we don't want to call him that. I don't want to call him that. Yeah, and, and it's like, okay, the malignant narcissism of Donald Trump thinking that what? That he's in shape? That he's this fit individual? I mean, what are you, why are you talking about these things? Like, for me, what's so critical right now is that we talk about things like the economy, which is up. 5.2% GDP growth, third quarter, America's leading all G7 nations in GDP growth. America has the lowest inflation of all G7 nations. We know that we know now that kind of core inflation has uh, reached the levels that the Fed wanted to lower interest rates. And so President Biden stabilized the situation caused by Donald Trump adding $8 trillion in debt and Donald Trump printing more money than ever before. And a lot of that even before uh, COVID. I mean, we're in a situation where wages are up, unemployment is down, job growth is at record-setting levels, the stock market setting records. There's a lot that needs to be done, but I, I want to be tethered to issues, and I want to be focused on our democracy. I want to be focused on health care and social security, education, jobs, protecting our veterans, and 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 you still have this kind of MAGA Republican mess right here of what's even going on, like what's happening, you know, with this political party and where Nikki Haley can't condemn Donald Trump for being found liable for rape. And it'll be interesting to see what happens in New Hampshire. I've said it before. I'll say it again. I do think Nikki Haley will win New Hampshire. I think the momentum is is pushing in that direction. I think we'll see what Chris Christie does here. I mean, uh, you know, Nikki Haley, you know, if she didn't hold back, I think she wins that state. And then a Donald Trump will say it's rigged and the results are fake. And then we'll see how Donald Trump whining and complaining about New Hampshire ultimately impacts South Carolina. And, you know, and then we talk about Ron DeSantis. I mean, DeSantis, what a horrible job he's done in Iowa. I mean, just the worst. And, 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 and a, he basically lives in Iowa now and um, just running the worst campaign ever, even as all of the organization of Iowa kind of threw their support behind him. He's just a, he's just a terrible person and terrible candidate. And there's no other way to say it. So we'll keep you posted. But Donald Trump clearly scared about Nikki Haley. Um, I think he should be. And I think he should be. The question becomes, will Nikki Haley kind of assert in any way her own independence from kind of MAGA and stop believing that in order for uh, her to, you know, for, for her to win that you have to be full blown MAGA. Like that just, that just isn't the case. And look, the bottom line is that, um, you know, I think we've done lots of videos here. Lots of people are leaving the Republican party in general, as it's gone ultra MAGA, um, and gone all weird and, and Trump like, but you know, I, I wanted to cover what's going on in New Hampshire in that primary. Um, and what I want to talk about though, is, you know, the, the issues that matter to the American people. And I think President Biden's going to make the best case for that come 2024 when his principles that he's led with um, are proven to be successful. And we're already seeing that as we end 2023. So let me know what you think. Hit subscribe below. And thank you for watching.
Thanks so much for watching. We're only a few subscribers short of 2 million subs. I think we should press harder to make sure he's disqualified across the country. All the Democrats are putting their eggs in one basket. Christopher Perez. Okay. I think we should all press harder to make sure he is disqualified across the country. Maybe the Democrats are putting all their eggs in one basket. But the decrepit old men. We need a fucking woman president like this. Jump is an embarrassment to our country. So other people say something other people said. Said, but I think we should all press harder to make sure he's disqualified across the country. I think the Democrats are putting all their eggs in one basket and both are decrepit old men. I think America is ready for a moderate woman, Democrat woman president who is tough on crime like me. What else are people saying? Trump, diaper done. An embarrassment to the U.S. around the world. Vote blue. Thanks very much for sharing. Thank you, Ben. I'm proud. Thankful for all you do at MTN this Christmas. He is just disgusting. I'm no fan of the other Republican candidates, but I'd take Christie over any of them if I had to choose. To stand up against a petty tyrant. Let's see. We need Nikki to win the Republican nominee. If that happens, Trump will run as an independent. That's pretty much ending all the other running independent and getting rid of no labels as well.
Okie doke. Trend and um, setting its own tone in these primaries. Um, they allow independents to vote in the Republican primary. For all of those reasons, I think ultimately, and I think Governor Sununu, Republican there, but not a MAGA Republican governor um, there, he supports and he's endorsed uh, Nikki Haley. I, I think that Nikki Haley, um, it will be viewed as kind of a big surprise win, but uh, the data that I'm seeing is pointing that pointing to... Ben Marcellus asked what we thought. Pointing to the fact that she. Yeah, okay. Diaper Donald. See what else Midas Touch is up to. Trump implodes spectacularly. Why Trump's latest arguments are nothing short of treason three hours ago. There's a lot of grass-fed beef sticks on the market, but the ones from Paleo Valley are epic. Why? Yes, grass-fed, but look, there are. Two recent legal briefs that Donald Trump filed are not only utterly without merit. In my view, let's call a spade a spade. They are treasonous and traitorous documents. Let me explain. First, the 14th Amendment, Section 3, disqualification case before the Colorado Supreme Court, where the Colorado Supreme Court ultimately ruled that Donald Trump would be disqualified from the Colorado ballot. Donald Trump argued that he did not take an oath to support the United States Constitution. Let me repeat that. Donald Trump's argument to the Colorado Supreme Court was that he did not take an oath to support the United States Constitution. Then, in the more recent absolute presidential immunity uh, issues and briefings now before the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals, this after federal judge Tanya Chutkin denied Donald Trump's motion to dismiss the federal criminal indictment against him in Washington, D.C. on absolute presidential immunity grounds. Donald Trump argued for king-like power, basically says that he's immune from any crimes he committed while he was in office, and he, he states that his conduct in trying to overthrow the results of the 2020 election, and specifically his conduct relating to the January 6th insurrection, constitutes official acts. He's saying that was the job that he had to do as a United States president. These arguments are frivolous, they're dangerous, and they're treasonous and traitorous. Let's go one by one, and as you're spending time with your family and you're maybe introducing them to the Midas Touch Network, we show the facts here, we show the receipts, we show the documents here on the Midas Touch Network. So first, I want to show you Donald Trump's brief that he filed with the Colorado Supreme Court. And for those of you saying, no, he didn't, couldn't argue that he didn't take an oath to support the United States Constitution. Here is the summary of argument. This is Trump's legal brief. He says, the framers excluded the office of president from Section 3 purposefully. Section 3 does not apply because the presidency is not an office, quote, under the United States. The president is not an officer of the United States, 
And President Trump, this is what they're saying in Trump's brief, Trump did not take an oath to, quote, support the Constitution of the United States. And Donald Trump and his lawyers say, oh, protect and defend the Constitution is somehow different than to support the Constitution of the United States. Trump argues he never said he was going to support the Constitution of the United States. I mean, how black and white can it be? It's right here on the paperwork, Donald Trump saying he did not take an oath to support the United States Constitution. Fortunately, the Colorado Supreme Court rejected that argument. Fortunately, the Colorado Supreme Court said the office of the presidency is an office. When you take the oath of office, you are an officer. Also, it should be noted that in other legal actions, including for a brief moment in Colorado before Donald Trump then withdrew it, he's tried to move cases to federal court on federal officer grounds. He tried to do it in the New York proceedings by the Manhattan District Attorney, and ultimately that got rejected. He tried to say he's an officer there. Same thing in Colorado, although he voluntarily withdrew it. And by the way, when Mark Meadows recently stated that he was an officer, the 11th Circuit Court of Appeals said, nope, you are a former federal officer, Mark Meadows. You were once an officer when you were Donald Trump's chief of staff. However, you were acting outside the color of your official responsibilities by engaging in attempts to overthrow the results of the election. Now let's take a look at what Donald Trump is arguing before the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals. And here's a post that Donald Trump made. And again, this is treasonous and traitorous stuff that he is saying. I don't want to mince my words right here. Here's what Donald Trump writes. I wasn't campaigning. He's referring to the insurrection. I wasn't campaigning. The election was over. I was doing my duty as president to expose and further investigate a rigged and stolen election. It was my obligation to do so, and the proof found is voluminous and irrefutable. Therefore, among other reasons, of course I am entitled to immunity. Additionally, he puts all in caps, I did nothing wrong, stop the witch hunt now. Someone who takes zero accountability, zero blame, is so self-unaware of the situation. And here Donald Trump is saying that his activities in trying to overthrow the results of the 2020 election constitutes official responsibilities of the presidency. You might want to read a little document called the United States Constitution. You may want to understand federalism here. You may want to understand that... Uh, Elections are in the hands of states, and these are states' rights issues for people who try to talk about states' rights or however they want to gaslight us, these MAGA Republicans, to try to seize power. There is no role within the office of presidency to do anything at all that you did. Go read Article 2 of the United States Constitution. Well, you know who did read Article 2 of the United States Constitution recently? the conservative right-wing 11th Circuit Court of Appeals, because when they analyzed both Mark Meadows and Jeff Clark, former DOJ official Jeff Clark, who tried to overthrow the results of the 2020 election with Trump and Mark Meadows, the 11th Circuit Court of Appeals said, this is not the territory of the presidency at all. This is not what the executive branch engages in. 
this type of conduct involves electioning and campaigning, and especially when you then start to interfere with free and fair elections, which is the province of states to conduct their own secure elections, and you're trying to interfere with that, that is not within the power of the executive branch. What you Hello, I'm Patrick Stewart. Did you know that right now over 70 million people have had to leave their homes due to war and disaster? That's roughly the size of the United Kingdom. I can't imagine what it would be like to have to suddenly leave my home, where to take my family, how to survive, and most importantly, who will help us? Well. The answer is the International Rescue Committee. This wonderful organization was Albert Einstein's genius idea. They focus on the world's toughest places, Syria, Yemen, South Sudan, and deliver food and shelter, medical care. They also bring education and job training and work to rebuild communities. Please join me in supporting the International Rescue Committee. They help families just like yours and mine to survive, recover, and live their lives with hope and dignity. <sighs> to feed your dog goes a long way to helping them lead their best lives. No freshly an officer there. Same thing in Colorado, although he voluntarily withdrew it. And by the way, when Mark Meadows recently stated that he was an officer, the 11th Circuit Court of Appeals said, nope, you are a former federal officer, Mark Meadows. You were once an officer when you were Donald Trump's chief of staff. However, you were acting outside the color of your official responsibilities by engaging in attempts to overthrow the results of the election. Now let's take a look at what Donald Trump is arguing before the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals. And here's a post that Donald Trump made. And again, this is treasonous and traitorous stuff that he is saying. I don't want to mince my words right here. Here's what Donald Trump writes. I wasn't campaigning. He's referring to the insurrection. I wasn't campaigning. The election was over. I was doing my duty as president to expose and further investigate a rigged and stolen election. It was my obligation to do so, and the proof found is voluminous and irrefutable. Therefore, among other reasons, of course I am entitled to immunity. Additionally, he puts all in caps, I did nothing wrong, stop the witch hunt now. Someone who takes zero accountability, zero blame, is so self-unaware of the situation and here Donald Trump is saying that his activities in trying to overthrow the results of the 2020 election 
constitutes official responsibilities of the presidency. You might want to read a little document called the United States Constitution. You may want to understand federalism here. You may want to understand that uh, elections are in the hands of states, and these are states' rights issues for people who try to talk about states' rights or however they want to gaslight us, these MAGA Republicans, to try to seize power. There is no role within the office of presidency to do anything at all that you did. Go read Article 2 of the United States Constitution. Well, you know who did read Article 2 of the United States Constitution recently? The conservative right-wing 11th Circuit Court of Appeals, because when they analyzed both Mark Meadows and Jeff Clark, former DOJ official Jeff Clark, who tried to overthrow the results of the 2020 election with Trump and Mark Meadows, the 11th Circuit Court of Appeals said, this is not the territory of the presidency at all. This is not what the executive branch engages in. This type at all. This is not what the executive branch engages in. This type of conduct involves electioning and campaigning, and especially when you then start to interfere with free and fair elections, which is the province of states to conduct their own secure elections, and you're trying to interfere with that, that is not within the power of the executive branch. What you feed your dog goes a long way to helping oh, them lead their shit. best lives. Yes, Blessings, send thoughts and prayers to my beloved Dr. Reports B. to her ball for Donald Trump is also making that statement because someone probably told him what the ruling in the blasting game, the Trump case was. That case was decided in early December, where the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals said that Trump's conduct relating to the insurrection in January 6th, that his attempt to overthrow the results of the election as it relates to civil liability, civil cases, monetary damages, falls outside the outer perimeter of executive power, of executive authority, and therefore former presidents are not entitled to absolute presidential immunity on civil cases for conduct that involves electioning and campaigning and election interference that Donald Trump was engaged in. Federal Judge Tanya Chutkin the district court judge who ultimately reports to her boss is the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals. Judge Chutkin said, yes, that's okay, Blossing Game. She didn't go into the Blossing Game decision because it hadn't really been released at the time her opinion went up. But she said, you know what? Former presidents are not entitled to absolute presidential immunity for criminal conduct, period. Criminal conduct are not official acts ever. They will always fall outside the outer perimeter, the text, the history of our Constitution, the structure of it. It's a reaction to authoritarians and despots and kings who have limitless power, who would get away with everything that they wanted to do. So clearly our Constitution has some guardrails and doesn't allow absolute presidential immunity from criminal cases, but... Then again, here's Donald Trump's argument, and here's what he says in, in the argument. And here's his summary of, of, of the argument. He says that his power, isn't he's entitled to absolute presidential immunity for his official acts. The indictment alleges, he goes, only official acts, so it must be dismissed. 
So Donald Trump looks at the indictment brought by special counsel Jack Smith and says that the indictment by special counsel Jack Smith, which goes through all of the things that Donald Trump did to overthrow the results of the 2020 election, threatening and intimidating canvassers and his conduct relating to the January 6th insurrection and Donald Trump engaging in a conspiracy to throw away the actual results and change the results so that Trump can win. Donald Trump says all of those, everything that Jack Smith alleges in the criminal indictment are official acts. Again, that's why I want to call a spade a spade here and say how dangerous this is. Donald Trump is saying, except that everything that Jack Smith says in there is true. And if you accept everything Jack Smith says is true, I am still entitled to absolute presidential immunity because all of those things are things that presidents are supposed to do. No, they are not. The history, text, and structure of the Constitution does not support coups. It does not support people trying to overthrow the results of free and fair elections. This is what Donald Trump is putting in his briefs. This is what his lawyers are arguing. Trump has entitled to absolute (laughs) presidential immunity on civil cases for conduct that involves electioning and campaigning and election interference that Donald Trump was engaged in. Federal Judge Tanya Chutkin, the district court judge who ultimately reports to her boss is the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals, Judge Chutkin said, yes, that's okay, Blossom Game. She didn't go into the Blossom Game decision because it hadn't really been released at the time her opinion went up. But she said, you know what? Former presidents are not entitled to absolute presidential immunity for criminal conduct, period. Criminal conduct are not official acts ever. They will always fall outside the outer perimeter, the text, the history of our Constitution, the structure of it. It's a reaction to authoritarians and despots and kings who have limitless power, who would get away with everything that they wanted to do. So clearly our Constitution has some guardrails and doesn't allow absolute presidential immunity from criminal cases. But then again, here's Donald Trump's argument, and here's what he says in in the argument. And here's his summary of, of, of the argument. He says that his power... Isn't he's entitled to absolute presidential immunity for his official acts? The indictment alleges he goes only official acts, so it must be dismissed. So <laughs> Donald Trump looks at the indictment brought by special counsel Jack Smith and says that the indictment by special counsel Jack Smith, which goes through all of the things that Donald Trump did to overthrow the results of the 2020 election, threatening and intimidating canvassers and his conduct relating to the January 6th insurrection and Donald Trump engaging in a conspiracy to throw away the actual results and change the results so that Trump can win. Donald Trump says all of those, everything that Jack Smith alleges in the criminal indictment are official acts. Again, that's why I want to call a spade a spade here and say how dangerous this is. Donald Trump is saying except that everything that Jack Smith says in there is true. And if you accept everything Jack Smith says is true, I am still entitled to absolute presidential immunity because all of those things are things that presidents are supposed to do. No, they are not. The history, text, and structure 
of the Constitution does not support coups. It does not support people trying to overthrow the results of free and fair elections. This is what Donald Trump is putting in his briefs. This is what his lawyers are arguing. Trump has absolute immunity from prosecution for his official acts. The indictment alleges only official acts, so it must be dismissed. There it is on page five. And then he goes through another 30 pages of analysis about why he believes that to be the case, but then goes and says that he could do anything. There is no limitation on the authority. Kill someone? Sure. Have a coup? Sure. Destroy the Supreme Court? Sure. Remove judges? Sure. This right here is a framework for authoritarianism. It's just right there. It's it's the text. It's it is what it's it is what it is. It's what he's writing. So as we have these conversations, let's not forget what is actually in this paperwork and why I say it's treasonous and traitorous. Let me know in the comments if you agree. Hit the thumbs up, like this video, share this video. Let me know what you think in the comments. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Have a great day. Hey, Midas Mighty. Love this report? Continue the conversation by following us on Instagram, at Midas Touch, to keep up with the most important news of the day. What are you waiting for? Follow us now. The world has ever seen. <clears throat> Just saying. And I have been saying that. Okay. Said Merry, Merry Christmas, brother. Thanks for all you do. You are a blessing. Of course, Diaper Donald is the most pernicious traitor the world has ever seen. IMHO, just saying. BTW, I'm the only presidential candidate honest enough to say that, and I have been saying that even before January 6th. So, anyway. <clears throat> so, anyway, that's something I say. Maybe too much. Michael Cohen reacts to Diaper Don Meltdown. 